This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. You know, in our country, sometimes you have to marry someone much older than you to fulfill the law of the kinsman redeemer. So Naomi said, is not Boaz of our kindred? She's saying, Boaz has an obligation to marry you, is what she's saying there. Now, Naomi moves now to remove the second barrier. There's another barrier, second barrier. And that barrier is Ruth's a Moabitess. She's a, the forbidden people. How can an Israelite marry a Moabitess? That was tried three times in the home already and ended in death, tragically. How can this happen, that an Israelite is going to marry an inferior Moabitess? She felt that she was a Moabitess, and she felt that she was inferior, and she felt that she was therefore not good enough, not qualified to marry an Israelite. So Naomi now says to Ruth, now listen to me, Ruth. Well, she doesn't put that in there. That's, that's Tom's translation. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she said, and now is not Boaz of our kindred, now catch this, with whose maidens thou wast. With whose maidens thou wast. See, Naomi is saying to, to Ruth, 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 I want you to think about this, Ruth. Didn't Boaz put you among his maidens? Didn't he do that? And when Boaz said to her in the previous chapter, in chapter 2, verse 8, chapter 2, verse 8, then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Fast by my maidens. That was Ruth 2.8. So Naomi was saying, look, look, Ruth, he puts you with his maidens. That's it. That's it. He puts you with his maidens. That's it. Your family. That's it. You're accepted. Mishpah, you know, Lonsman or Lonswoman, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, she, what he was saying there was consider yourself part of the family. That's what he said. That's what she was saying. Okay. So now that those two obstacles are removed, Naomi gets right on down to business. Oof, boy, does she ever. 
And she says, and she's, now watch this scene in verse two. She's saying, behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. See? And Ruth can say, how do you know this? <laughs> how do you know this? Well, now me would say, what, am I blind? I've been watching. You know, what do you think I do all day? Knit? You know, I watch. That's what I do. I watch. So Naomi says, Boaz is going to be in the middle of this big heaps of grain tonight. He'll be working hard. He'll be eating and he'll be drinking. And then he's going to go to sleep for a nice, good, sound sleep. Oh, Boaz, you don't have a chance. <laughs> You've been targeted, you know, by Naomi. You are dead meat now. Because Naomi has a plan. Naomi has a plan. So that's how you want to color this, that you want to title this verse, Naomi has a plan. Now, she's got it all planned out. And you see that in verse three, three through four. Wow, does she ever. Ruth, wash yourself. Wash thyself, anoint thee, put thy raiment upon thee, get thee down to the floor, make not thyself known to the man till he have done eating and drinking. It shall be when he lieth down, thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. And thou shalt go in, uncover his feet, lay thee down. He will tell you what, you, what thou shalt do. Now, it's not like Naomi said to Ruth, Ruth, why don't you think about fixing yourself up a little bit? You know, no, 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 no. For Naomi, Naomi's not asking Ruth. Since when does Naomi ask anybody? Anyway, Naomi's not asking Ruth. She's commanding Ruth. Ruth, she's saying, don't look and smell like you've been working in the fields, which you have. She said, Ruth, make yourself look good. Make yourself smell good. Anoint thee. It's going to be dark. You might as well smell good, you know, she's saying. It also won't hurt if you look nice. You know, put your raiment upon thee. Maybe in the moonlight he should see you. So you put on some nice clothes so he doesn't think he's seeing a ghost, you know, and take those widow clothes off, see? Because take those mourning clothes off, the clothes for your deceased husband. It's finished now. It's just ended. It's over now. You know, what do you want? Those widow clothes to continue to send the message that you're not available? So what Naomi was asking Ruth to do here was, I want you to see this. What Naomi was asking Ruth to do here was very difficult for Ruth. This was very difficult for Ruth. Ruth was a woman of virtue. Ruth was a woman of moral purity. Ruth was a woman who wanted to have no appearance of evil. And for Ruth to visit Boaz in the night was very hard for Ruth, just like it was hard for Esther, who we, the, the other woman we studied earlier. Esther was also a woman with high moral purity. And the hardest thing in the world for Esther was to leave her godly home with Mordecai and be brought into King Ahasuerus's harem. But Esther obeyed Mordecai, who realized that she had been sent to be the king's wife for the purpose of saving the Jewish people from destruction, which she did. And the great quality of Esther is stated in Esther 2.20, where Esther said, where it says about Esther, Esther had not yet showed her kindred nor her people as Mordecai had charged her, for Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. So here's Ruth, she's just like Esther. And here's Naomi, he, she's just like Mordecai. I'm not gonna say Boaz is like Ahasuerus, but anyway. <laughs> and now Naomi has ordered Ruth, you go against all your principles and you visit Boaz in the night. 
And just as Esther did the commandment of Mordecai and went to become part of the king's harem, so Ruth did the commandment of Naomi, as we see in verse five. And she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. And it was very hard for Ruth. For Ruth to risk her womanly feelings of staying pure was like asking Ruth to die. Moreover, Ruth was not a demanding person. You know, Ruth was humble. She wasn't a type of person, I demand my right because you are the kinsman redeemer. That's not Ruth. So for Ruth to obey Naomi and, and indirectly demand her rights to become the wife of Boaz because of the laws of the kinsman redeemer, that's not Ruth. That was very, very difficult for Ruth. But as painful as this was, she said in verse five, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. A great sacrifice on Ruth's part. Why did Ruth obey Naomi? Ruth obeyed Naomi because Ruth loved Naomi as her own mother. Why did Ruth obey Naomi? Ruth obeyed Naomi because Ruth had complete confidence in Naomi. And Ruth knew that Naomi would not do anything to harm her. Why did Ruth obey Naomi? Ruth obeyed Naomi because she wanted Naomi to rise above the state of dishonor and poverty that they were both in. Ruth obeyed Naomi because Ruth loved Israel. Ruth loved Israel. She wanted to be used by God to build up Israel. I mean, she had no idea that in that desire that was gonna be answered by becoming the great-grandmother of the King David, the greatest king Israel had. But she didn't know that. But she had that in her heart. She loved Israel. She loved the people. Your people shall be my people, she said. Now, Naomi tells Ruth the plan that after Ruth has made herself smell nice and made herself look nice, in verse three, wash thyself, anoint thee, put thy raiment upon thee. It says, now, go down to the place where Boaz will lie down to sleep. Stay hidden so nobody sees you. No man should know a woman was there. Then wait until after the tired Boaz has eaten and drunk well and watch carefully, Ruth. Watch carefully when he lies down for the good night's sleep. He goes, he's gonna be alone when he lies down to sleep. And as soon as he's asleep, carefully and cautiously make your move. Verse four, it shall be when he lieth down and thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet. Lay thee down, he'll tell thee. We can imagine Ruth saying, you want me to do what? And she's saying, now look, Ruth, the most important part that I'm telling you, make sure you mark the place where he shall lie. Make sure you get the right man. <laughs> this could be a problem. <laughs> this would be a total disaster if you got the wrong man. It was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and then when you do, lift up the part of the blanket that's covering his feet and lay down at his feet. Clearly, this was a very dangerous situation that Naomi was commanding. Ruth to put herself in. Why did Naomi tell Ruth to do this? Well, first of all, Naomi had an unwavering confidence in the innocence of Ruth, the moral purity and the innocence of Ruth. And Naomi knew Ruth was not a woman who would corrupt herself. That was not Ruth. Naomi also 
had an unwavering confidence in the purity of Boaz. She knew them. She knew Boaz to be a man who guarded his moral purity and integrity. But Naomi also observed that Boaz was deeply attached to Ruth. No doubt about it. But because of their age difference, she knew that Boaz had shrunk away from him making any advances toward Ruth. So Naomi knows this, and this is going to be a pure meeting at night. And this is what Boaz needs to break down the age barrier that he feels so deeply. Then with wisdom, Naomi tells Ruth that after Ruth has uncovered the feet and laid down at his feet, it says at the end of verse four, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. What? Now, now Naomi has been very specific with her plan. I mean, Naomi has been now, now this, and what next? Then this, what next? Then this, what next? Then this, and Naomi's saying, and what next now, Naomi? She says, she says I don't know what next. <laughs> I don't know what next. Boaz will tell you. Boaz will tell you what next. And can't you imagine that? You know, it's very controlling. Naomi is very controlling. She's saying, first you do this, and second you do that, and then third you do this, and then, then, I don't know. He's going to tell you. So Naomi's saying to Ruth, look, look, this is what's next. And then all of a sudden, a abrupt halt. And you, at that point, you can feel that at this point, she's just saying, I don't know. But believe me, Ruth, it will take on a life of its own. And just listen to Boaz. He'll tell you. Now, this shows something about Naomi. This shows how Naomi was trusting the Lord in what would be next. Naomi is very controlling, but Naomi knows when to stop and let God be God. She knows when to stop and let God take over. You know what happens to us when we become anxious? Anxiety comes when we take too much control. Anxiety comes when we don't know when to stop and wait on the Lord for the next step, as she's doing. It's wonderful when we do what we can do and then have mastered the art of committing to the Lord. I'm not going to try and control what I have no control over. Now I'm just going to commit this situation to the Lord. You ever felt frustrated like you're trapped and you can't control the outcome? That's the time to do what Naomi does. Pull back, let God be God, trust him for the outcome. Can we do that? You know, it's interesting. The strongest trees are the ones that endure the most wind. You know, because the stress forces on the tree, they cause the trunk to grow stronger and they cause the roots to grow deeper and more expansive. And that's why God sends these kind of anxiety stresses on us so that we'll grow stronger in him. If in our lives, if we live the kind of lives and in our lives, that, you know, we just, uh, once a week, the Loomis armored car backs into our garage and dumps a bunch of money, you know? <laughs> we'd have no stress. And we'd say, who needs God? I have all this money. Like in Proverbs 30, verse 8. Proverbs 30, verse 8. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who's the Lord? or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. If we're on easy street in life, then we say, who's the Lord? God allows these seemingly no way out problems in our lives so that we'll never say, who's the Lord? We'll never say that. Those are the stresses that push us to God. 
So we should view our problems in life as opportunities for us to be like Naomi. Trust God as far as we can. Trust God. Do what we can as far as we can. Trust God and then just find out just how much caring, just how loving, just how providing God really is. All right? So problems or opportunities? You got problems? Boy, do I have opportunities. All right. We can only do this, and Naomi could only do this, if we and Naomi are convinced that the Lord's our shepherd, that the Lord's our father. This is important to see about when the Lord said he's our shepherd. As, as we, didn't we, we just sung that, right? The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. They, he said that. The Lord Jesus Christ said that, John 10.1, John 10.1, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. You know what's important to see about these statements? It's important to see about when the Lord said that God is our shepherd or God's our father, you know, Matthew 6, 9, the Lord's prayer, Matthew 6, 9, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. See, what's important to see about the Lord as our shepherd, about the Lord as our father, is that he wants to be. He wants to be our shepherd. He wants to be our father. He's not pushed into it. You know, he's not pushed into being our shepherd and father. He chose to be our shepherd and father. He didn't say, well, I guess I gotta take care of him, like with me when I was born. He says, all right, I really don't want to, but I have to. Not at all. The Lord is saying that there's nothing else that I would rather do than to be the shepherd and the father to take care of them. Only when we're convinced of that will we run like kids into the arms of our father and say, Dad will take care of it. Dad will take care of it. And that's what Naomi's doing here. Naomi is saying to Ruth about what next when she said, He will tell me what thou shalt do. It's Naomi saying to Ruth, Dad will take care of it. Dad will take care of it. God the Father will take care of it. That's a statement of victory over anxiety. Victory over anxiety. And that's when peace comes. That's when peace came to Naomi. Peace comes when we turn to God and commit the future and what's going to happen to him. And that's what she's doing in verse 4. And he will tell thee what thou shalt do. So Naomi's goal is to bring Boaz out to declare his desire to marry Ruth. See, and Ruth's obeying Naomi is equivalent to Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, for this is the first commandment with promise, that you'll be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. See, Ruth was not looking for a husband. Just like Melody said, Ruth was not looking for a husband. Ruth was just wanting to obey Naomi. See, that's a wonderful pattern there. As we saw video now, that's a wonderful pattern for a believer how to find a spouse. If you go out, if a believer goes out and says, look, my first intention, I gotta find a spouse, gotta find a spouse. But to have as a first intention to follow the Lord instead. See, when Ruth made her declaration of loyalty, and that's what it was in chapter one, Ruth made her declaration of loyalty, it was to Naomi when she said in Ruth, in Ruth, in the first chapter, verse 16, chapter one, verse 16, and Ruth said, and think about how she's making a statement of loyalty to Ruth, uh, to a Naomi, and Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or return from following after thee. She's talking to Naomi. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, 
I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. Thy God, my God. Where thou diest, I will die. There will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And also, if aught but death part thee and me. See, this is Ruth's proclamation of loyalty and attachment to Naomi. To Naomi, not a husband, but to Naomi. Ruth did not say to Naomi, well, I'll stay with you just as long as I need to until you can transfer me to a husband. No. Ruth said to Naomi, where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. That showed Ruth had no intention of ever getting married again or ever being separated from Naomi. When Ruth said to Naomi, the Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part me and thee, Ruth did not leave room for saying, till death do us part to a husband. Ruth declared that her loyalty to Naomi was to Naomi, and she had no interest in getting married again. So when Ruth obeyed Naomi, that was an obedience of love for Naomi. It wasn't a self-seeking on her part. She had no sensual. She had no romantic interest in Boaz. She had a love for Naomi. So now in verse 7, but she obeys. And it says in verse 7, she came softly. So here we are back on the threshing floor. She came softly. We see Ruth obeying Naomi as she waited till Boaz was asleep. And then Ruth cautiously stepped so as not to make any noise, so as not to wake anybody up, not to wake up Boaz. She gently uncovers his feet, lays down at his feet. I don't think she slept, but she laid down. And now we see that Ruth has laid down his feet in verse 8, and it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. So there's Boaz. He's sleeping so nicely, and he feels there's something warm and soft on his feet. What could that be? You know, he's startled. You know, maybe a, a warm snake or a skunk. <laughs> you know, it was a, he, so he's jolted out of his sleep with, what do I feel on my feet? And when it says he turned himself, Literally, it's, he bent over there. And then there's a shock of it all. Behold, a woman <laughs> lay at his feet. And he asked the question, who art thou? I mean, it's dark. You can't see who it is. And, and Ruth gives here the most beautiful answer to his question. She says in verse 9, I am Ruth thine handmaid. She does not say, I am Ruth the Moabitess. She's abandoned that title of Moabitess. She's listened to, to Naomi. She sees herself now as incorporated into the people of Israel. So she's listened when Naomi said in verse 2, with whose maidens thou wast. So she accepts the fact she's been accepted as part of the maidens since Boaz put her there. Now we read in verse 9, spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid. A very, very sad translation. and Not good at all. Two problems with the translation here. First of all, there's a problem with the word skirt. This is not the word skirt. This is the very important word in Hebrew, especially in this book. It's the word kanaf. And that's the same word that's used in Exodus 19.4. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings, kanaf, and brought you unto myself. I bear you on eagles' kanaf. So kanaf does not mean skirt. It means wings or feathers. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.